this is Thoughts Become Things. With each episode, we'll help you reach the highest creative potential that God has for you. With your host, a teacher, life coach, a dream coach, and motivational speaker, Jeremy Lopez. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to the podcast of Thoughts Become Things. I'm Jeremy Lopez, and so glad you guys are with me today. And uh, I tell you, I'm excited because, you know, today's going to be a really busy day for me, um, probably busy day for you as well. But, you know, besides my podcast today, I've got to do a lot of prophetic words. But besides all my work <laughs> in ministry, tonight is a great night because tonight is a night where we have once a month on a Wednesday night, usually at 6 p.m. Central Time where I do my prophetic live night event. So I really want all of you guys to stay tuned tonight, which you can stay tuned on Instagram and on Facebook at 6 p.m. tonight, Central Time. All right. And that is January 24th, 2024 at 6 p.m. Central Time. And once again, you can go on Instagram for uh, at Identity Network, or you can go on Facebook, which is at Jeremy Lopez Resources. But I really want to encourage you guys to be a part of that tonight. You know, um, I think a lot of times people get uh, involved just so I can prophesy to them, but I want you to be involved to be able to help celebrate other people who who are getting prophetic words and also being a part of maybe a small teaching or something I'm going to be able to bring forth. Because tonight is a really fun night. We do this every month, and it's really exciting because people love to be able to hear what God has to say to them. And so, and plus that energy in the room of just different people being online, you know, conversing with one another, it's really amazing and it's powerful. So definitely stay tuned tonight on Instagram and or Facebook tonight at 6 p.m. Central Time. I'd love to see you guys be a part of that tonight. So today I want to talk about something very interesting because something that I think many of you have probably never heard before. And we're going to talk about muddy, muddy waters clearing up. <laughs> muddy waters clearing up. Now that's almost a tongue twister, isn't it? And the reason why, because I've really been thinking about this for a while, because there's so many things when we deal with life and things that are messy, things that are going on, uh, things that are happening. And so I want to talk to you guys, not really on a national or international level, but more on a personal level of what to do sometimes when you have certain situations in your life that tend to be a little muddy or tend to be a little bit of uh, just disarray. You know, a lot of times we're taught, especially in the Christian world, that it's our job, it's our duty to, you know, um, clear up things and, you know, because we're, we're told to, you know, cross the finish line, run the race, fight the good fight of faith. And all that is so extremely true. But when we deal with crossing the finish line, it doesn't always have to do with cleaning up everyone's mess or cleaning up a situation in our lives. Now, a lot of times in our lives, there are things that we reap, reap what we sow. Correct. There are times where we've um, sort of the old saying, you made your bed, now sleep in it, right? And there are times when there are things that maybe happen in a person's life that we automatically feel as if it's my job to correct the situation, fix it, you know, uh, damage control mentality. And that's partially true to a degree in a lot of areas of our lives, but not all areas of our lives. Because if we allow ourselves to be that controller, 
where we have to feel as if we've got to clean up everything, we've got to fix everything, um, whether I did it or didn't do it, then what happens is that can actually set off the ego because the ego has to feel as if it's Superman, as if no one's going to be able to do it like me. I've got to begin to do this because nobody can do it but me. And you want to be able to not have that egotistical mentality where you feel as if you've got to be Superman or Wonder Woman or Batman to be able to fix everything and correct everything. Some things in life doesn't need to be fixed. Can you hear that? Some things in life you really can't fix. Now, I want to be able to clarify something with you guys that I think will help each and every one of you, okay? And that is this. When you really stop to pay attention to life and situations, I want you to think about this just for a split moment that I believe will help each and every one of you out, all right? And that is this. Muddy waters is best cleared by leaving it alone. I'll say it again. Muddy waters is best cleared by leaving it alone. Now, I want you to think about that for a moment. Muddy waters is best cleared by leaving it alone. How many know how true that is? You know, if it rains really hard and I have a koi pond, um, or let's say you see a creek or you see a lake or a river, and when it rains real hard or something is disrupting it around it, that mud, that dirt will stir up in the water and all of a sudden you have brown waters and you're thinking, this is ugly, it's gross, it's not the you know pretty clear waters we see where we can see the bottom you know, of the river or the pond or the pretty fish swimming around. But if you think about it, is there really anything you can do? I mean, even if, let's say, for example, even if you were to say, I'm going to drain the whole pond, I'm going to drain the lake, the river, whatever you want to call it, and put fresh water in there. Well, if it's natural, it's, if the bottom is natural, then even if you were to uh, drain the whole thing, which is pretty much utterly impossible, but if you did, and you fill it up with fresh water, the key thing is you are still making waves. In other words, you're still stirring up things, and so the water itself can still be a little dirty because everybody knows and understands that when you have muddy waters, the only way to clear it up basically is leaving it alone. Let it organically clear on its own. Because when you stop to think about situations in life, you have to begin to test the spirits in the sense of knowing that is this my ego kicking in that I don't have to fix it? Or I do have to fix it, I should say? Or is it something that I really need to sit my ego aside and say, you know what? Some things I can't fix. Some things I can't control. Some things I can't be Superman or Wonder Woman about. And it's very important because you have to learn sometimes to detach yourself from situations, you know, walk away from situations because it's not always your job to fix things. Give you guys a great example when we talk about muddy waters or best cleared by leaving it alone. How many of you have ever been in an argument with somebody, which, hello, probably is every one of us, and you've been in an argument with somebody, and all of a sudden you're like, I gotta fix this, I gotta correct it, and you try your best, and you said, and maybe they took something the wrong way you said, and you didn't mean it that way, and you're like, no, 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 let me explain to you what I really meant to say. And usually, what is the person's other person's response because they're upset or they're bothered by that statement because something triggered them? What is their usual response from that? Just stop while you're ahead. 
right? Just stop while you're ahead. I don't want to talk right now. I'm not in the mood. You know, don't explain to me. I heard what you said from the beginning. Now, we could analyze all this and say, well, is that a right attitude to have? Is that a wrong attitude to have? Hey, let me tell you something. Every one of us that are listening to the sound of my voice have been triggered by things that sometimes when people say things, you just want to walk away, and sometimes you do. And sometimes you look at the situation and say, just shut up while you're ahead. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just shut up. You know, because I'm already mad, and I need to walk away, I need to calm down, or whatever the case may be. I want you to apply that muddy waters is best cleared by leaving it alone mentality for a moment. Because unless the Holy Spirit has initiated you to say, hey, you need to correct this. You need to say something. Unless the Holy Spirit steps in and says that, please don't allow the ego to kick in and say, it's my job. I can fix the situation. Because it's not always your job to fix the situation. A lot of times in life, things have to flow organically. And I want you to think about that. Once again, we live in a fast-paced society, especially here in the Western world, where everything is extremely fast. Like, hey, if I order something from Amazon, I'm expecting it the next day. At the very most, two days from now, because I don't have time to wait. Well, guess what? Back in the day, you had to wait weeks. <laughs> if you order anything, if you're if you're 60 or years old or older, you know, you would probably understand this. Or of course, I remember this even at my age, and I'm a lot younger than 60. But if you think about it, you know, if you ever ordered anything from Sears or JCPenney or uh, Kmart or the names back in the day, you know, that were open, you know, if you think about that, you had to wait weeks. I'm like, if you ever place an order, let's say if you called on the phone and you're like, I would love to order this from your catalog. I don't know how many of you remember Sears catalog. I think it was called Sears and Roebuck or something in nature. And you had this big catalog that, you know, was mailed to you in the mail and it was like a really big catalog and like you, you flipped through it and that's how you actually shopped. And so if you you know, if you didn't go, you know, um, actually go to a store, and if you found something in there, most women did that all the time, and they would find something in the catalog, and I'm hoping I'm saying all this correctly, find something in the catalog, they'd find the number of the shirt or the blouse or the trousers or whatever you want to call it, and they would pick up the phone, they'd call it, say, hey, this is so-and-so, I want to order, you know, number, blah, 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 you know, uh, I want it in this size, I want it in this color, whatever, and then they would, you know, give them their credit card on the phone, because it's pretty much all you had to pay for pay with and they would wait for weeks weeks before they got it <laughs> and so time has progressed and given us a lot of grace uh, because now everything is so quickly at hand but yet we don't turn around and give grace because if I don't have it in two days I want my money back something's wrong with you and yet I have millions of things I can go online and purchase you know the drop of a hat it, not, you know, not like they used to. So my point being with that is this, that when you think about taking time and, and how slow things used to go, you know, back in the day, things flowed more at that pace. But now we live in a society where everything's got to be done right now. If not, I'm angry. I'm mad. I'm suing. I want my money back. You know, I didn't get it by tonight and I ordered it clear across the country and what's wrong with you people, right? But if you think about things flowing organically and taking our time, some things that are muddy in a person's situation, some things that are, let's say, need clarity, some things that are disruptful, the best idea 
is if the Holy Spirit doesn't show you anything to say or correct it with, some things you just got to leave alone. You got to let it be and let it work out itself. Being Things sometimes need to organically work out itself. And sometimes people will turn around and say, you know, a week or two later, hey, you know what? Um, I know you said this to me and I want you to know I'm sorry. You know, I, I took time to think about it and I know you didn't mean that this way or I sat on it for a while, prayed about it or just, you know, let it be for a while and when I came back to revisit the situation, you know what? I just, I feel like I, I approached it wrong or I feel like I said something wrong. Maybe I said something I shouldn't have said that maybe triggered something you said that made me mad. The truth is, sometimes in life, folks, you've got to begin to just let the muddy waters clear on their own and not feel as if you've got to do something about it. When I'm in a life coaching session with one of my clients, sometimes they, they, will, they will find themselves saying, I got to fix this. I got to fix this. I got to fix this. I got to do this. You know, I've tried for years. I've tried to fix it. I've tried. And, and, and you can only do so much. And so they keep on just finding themselves in, in, in stress and their, you know, in anxieties going up uh, out the roof and their blood pressure sky high because they've tried for months and years to fix the situation with somebody while the other person is pretty much maybe long gone out of their lives, living their lives or living it up, whatever you want to call it. But yet you might be stressed out because you feel as if you've got to correct and fix this situation. Here's the thing you have to understand. There's a difference between needing to learn to forgive and forgiveness is not always for them. It's a lot of times it's for you. And then you also have to begin to realize if I've tried my best by the leading of God to begin to try to maybe fix or correct the damage that I've done or the damage that maybe is present that maybe I didn't even do. If I don't get anything from the Lord, I have no choice but to let it go. Leave it alone. Because sometimes things clear up on their own. And sometimes they really don't need you to interject your ideas, interject your, but please let me just talk to you and explain, right, mentality. Some things you just have to look at and say, you know what, throughout time, it'll just clear up on its own. Because I can't do anything about it. I've asked God to forgive me of what I've done or what I've said, or maybe I tried to fix the situation. But the bottom line is I need to let things just sort of organically evolve. Because here's the key thing. Some people just need some headspace. Some people just need to be able to clear their mind at times. And it might take weeks or months or years to go back and revisit the situation, right? I remember my pastor even saying, um, the past couple of Sundays ago at church and he was talking about forgiveness and he was dealing with the fact of something happened when he was a lot younger and he was dealing with this guy and this guy said something that was really just hurtful to him but it really just sort of ripped him off to be honest with you it just really ripped him off and it made him mad but yet the guy did not realize the damage that he had done to my pastor and so he so he retaliated and said something you know uh, back and it took years but yet it bothered him and he got mad, but yet it took years for the Holy Spirit to be able to say, hey, why don't you contact him again? Years went by. Why don't you contact him again? He might remember you, might not remember you, but either way, try to make amends. Let him know that you're sorry for maybe how you acted because, you know, it really wasn't even about what he did or said. It was about you needed to be able to not get on that same level, but you need to ask for forgiveness. You need to tell him, I'm sorry as well. And so years went by and sure enough, he was able to track him down through internet or, you know, get his number or find out where he worked now and track him down. And he was able to say, hey, you know what? I don't know if you remember me or not. 
not, but I wanted to ask you to forgive me because of, you know, ABC. And when he did, it was just, it was healing. And if he would have done it earlier, he might have not been the right frame of mind. That guy might have not been in the right frame of mind. But the idea here is sometimes things just need to settle down themselves and work them work work it out themselves. And believe it or not, situations actually can work out themselves without you getting involved because you don't want the ego involved. If the ego gets involved, you're going to be in trouble because all that does is ruin you more. Because then it begins to help you to begin to feel as if, you know what, hey, I can fix anything. I can do anything. And that way you will automatically, on autopilot mode, try to fix and correct everything around you that's then not even things that you're involved in, but then you'll try to fix and correct everything outside of you. Give you guys a great example. How many of you have ever heard the term church police? Now, one thing I'm against, highly against, is that is church police. I cannot handle that. I can't stand it because of the fact that I see so many people feeling as if in the church, and we could use phrases like holier than thou, but I don't think that's really a good phrase to, to apply. Not everybody feels as if they're holier than anyone else, but sometimes people feel as if it's their job maybe to fix everything around them. You know, like God has initiated them to be like the head guru of the church and I, therefore I've got to fix and correct everything and I've got to speak publicly, politically against all the wrongs and, and now this group of people are wrong and these people are wrong and this is not right and she's not right and he's not right as if you know how to perfect the church and perfect people which is not true. What is all of that? What is what are, what are the problems? What is the problem with church police people? The problem with church police people is they're egotistical. Bottom line. They're egotistical because they have got it in their brain that God has sent them to planet Earth to fix everything else outside of themselves. The Bible says to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. It doesn't say to work out everybody else's salvation with fear and trembling. Right? In fact, if you want to get technical about it, you don't even hear, hear the term winning souls. That's not even biblical. Winning souls for you. You know, I, I got 10 saved souls Sunday. And you want to say, okay, well, that's great, but that's not biblical. So you just, you just got yourself a little egotistical here. You, you just tell me your numbers of what you did. And see, that's not even biblical. The Bible says go and make disciples, not save souls. Go make disciples. In other words, be a light to, to the world. Being a light means you decrease that God can increase in you. You live it out yourself and let, let your light so shine that other people will see your good works and glorify His name in heaven. That's what the Bible exactly says from the verse. So the idea here is that church police sometimes can get in that place where they have to fix and correct everything else outside of them. When the Bible says to work out not only your own salvation and fear and trembling, but it says pull the plank out of your own eye. Don't, it's not, God's not concerned with other people's good planks. He's concerned about yours. Because if you have, if you pull the plank out of your own eye and fix your own life, you can be that light and be the example you need to be and allow the Holy Spirit to do His job, and that is to convict other people. Your job is not to say, Holy Spirit, you're not doing a good, good enough job move out of the way I got to convict this person of their sin that's borderline blasphemy that's not what God has said you've got to make room because the Holy Spirit allows you to keep your ego down and I want you to think about that the Holy Spirit's job is to also not only do his job but to help you to keep your egotistical mentalities put down decreased 
I want you to think about that for a moment. Because our job is not to do the Holy Spirit's job. You know, I'll teach them, I'll show them how wrong they are. You know, they're sinful. I'll teach them. You know, the Bible, and do not get too technical, but the Bible says one thing, and that is when it deals with that, and Paul dealt with that, and that pretty much is this. If someone is doing something to hurt someone else, the elders of the church, the church council, the church people should call them out on them and say, hey, look, you know, basically this, you can do what you want to do. That's between you and God, but you're, but we have to step in because you're because you're not allowed to hurt someone else when you when you cross the line to hurt or damage or lead someone else astray that's when we need to step in but now the other parts you do that's between you and god i can tell you i can tell you i don't believe in it or you know whatever practice that but either way that's between you and god and so you have to begin to look at your life and realize that Church belief for church police has an issue because they don't understand that muddy waters need to be able to be cleared up on their own in the timing organically in which God sees fit, because not everybody's ready. Not everybody's ready. Paul said something really interesting. Paul said, "I think it was Apollos waters. Paul, you know, Paul waters. Apollos, you know, uh, uh, excuse me. Paul plants Apollos waters, and God gets increase. Something of that nature. <laughs> I might have those two." those two names backwards. But the bottom line is that's what the scripture says. And what that means is sometimes people are called to plant. And I love this idea because that means that sometimes people are called to plant and then other people, not yourself, other people turn around and then they water. And then other people turn around and realize that it's God who gets the increase, right? And so when you stop to understand that, you realize automatically that what the Bible is talking about is very important, okay? And that is, what this is saying is it's letting you know that your job is not to be able to do it all. No one on this planet has the power to do it all. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 6 is the scripture that I mentioned. Paul said, I plant the seed, Apollos waters, and God gets the increase to grow. That's what, it, that's what the scripture says. So I was right. So... What that's saying here is, is it's letting you know, I have a duty and a job, but my job is not to be able to do all the other work on your life. That's not my job. In fact, what Paul was saying is my job is not even do the work on you as if I get the credit for it, because ego would love that. It would just stroke the ego majorly. What Paul said was this, I plant the seed, which means I give you the idea. I want you to think about something for a moment. Paul is letting you know right here, I'm giving you the seed. In other words, I'm giving you the idea. Because see, it's not my job to change your theology, tell you what you should believe, tell you what what you know what God you know uh, what God loves and doesn't like. Because the bottom line is, you know, that's through personal relationship. It's like someone coming into my world and saying, let's say, for example, if you have a husband and wife, and no one would come to the husband and say, hey, I'm going to tell you what your wife likes. And the husband will be offended to say, excuse me, I'm the one in covenant with my wife, not you. How would you even know what my wife likes? Well, you're not, in, you know, you're not in covenant with my wife. Because if you, and, and, and the understanding here is that if it, if you were, it would be polygamy. That's not what we're after. What God is letting you know automatically is that's between covenantal people. My relationship with, with the Lord is covenantal. No one has the right to tell me exactly on, on my ground what is covenantal with between me and my heavenly father because that's covenantal the bride and the bridegroom that's between them it's not between you and, and us we're not into polygamy here with god hello
And so that means it's a personal relationship. And what that means is this, is the ego has to understand that this planting of the seed is to give you the idea or plant in you an, uh, an, uh, something that can grow in you. Think about a seed. I want you to know something. A seed grows. What do ideas and creativity do? They grow. If I was to come to you and say, hey, this is what you need to believe. This is what you should believe. You should not do this. You should not do that. This is what you're supposed to be doing. you got to read your Bible three times a day. you got to believe in the Holy Spirit. you got to speak in tongues. you got to do this. you got to, you know, this is what, you, this, this is how you believe as a Christian. Then once again, I need to say, hey, Holy Spirit, hit the curb. Don't need you anymore. I, I got this. I got this. Because you're not doing a good enough, good enough job. That's what you're saying, which is very, once again, borderline blasphemy. Your idea is to plant the seed. The seed is what germinates. The seed is what grows in them for them to say, huh, you know what, Holy Spirit, wow, I really like what this person has given me and said to me. I, wow. And then the Holy Spirit, as amazing as he is, begins to honor your relationship with God by cultivating what that relationship should look like between you and your Father in heaven. That's what happens. It's cultivating what it looks like. Why, you know, why do we need to say it that way? Instead of like, well, that's not right because you should believe what we believe. No, well, if that's the case, then I thought a seed, um, let's see here. We have an acorn as an oak tree. We have a seed that actually has, that actually can turn into thousands upon thousands of things. Let's see, bushes, flowers, different types of trees. Huh. Interesting that seeds are not all just the same seed. Then you have a mustard seed, which is likened into my faith. So is a mustard seed going to look like every other tree or bush once it grows? No, not at all. And so a seed is an idea. A seed is, is a cultivating mentality that the Holy Spirit takes upon you. Somebody else can come and water that and say, hey, let me give you a little more ideas, a little bit more life to this. In other words, let me go ahead and help awaken you in what this seed might look like, right? But it's never the authoritarian's, you know, mentality to begin to project everything that you should believe and be and live out. And that's not that, no, that's not no one's job. That's not what planting and watering represents at all. Discipleship helps mean to train and raise up. But it also helps into understanding the position of the Holy Spirit, of how the Holy Spirit's position or job should work in a person's life. And you don't mess with that because the ego would love to get involved. So when we deal with church police mentality and muddy waters, we have to understand that it's no one's job to do that to you. Your job is to focus on your salvation Working out your, you working out the plank out of your own eye because that's what we're called to do. The ego would love nothing more than to say, okay, I've perfected my life as if you can really ever do that because you're always, always going to be learning to the day you die. But now my job is to work on your life. Nope. Wrong answer. Not biblical. So here's where we have to understand when it deals with a person's walk in Christ, a belief, um, uh, uh, let's say anything, anything, a situation, an argument. You have to examine that to understand, is this something organically that can work out itself? Even when it deals with the salvation of ourselves, I want you to think about this. Working out your own salvation for trembling. Notice how I said working it out, which means evolving it out, you know, growing it out, watering it out. 
you know, uh, uh, shifting like clay. And Jeremiah talks about the clay that is in the, the hand of the, of the potter who molds us. And so there's still that evolutionary process of molding and shaping. It's not a wham, bam, thinking, ma'am, overnight. All of a sudden here, okay, now you know what to believe. Now you know what to practice and do. Here you go. Now, now you're ready because I've, I created you. I made you. That's not, that's not a, a person's job to do. So do muddy water sometimes can, can they, can it clear up on its own? Absolutely does. In fact, muddy waters clear up on its own every single time when it's left alone. And some things in life just need to organically grow. Some things in life need to organically work itself out. Some things in life just need to organically be and allow the Holy Spirit to do his job. God knows what he's doing and God knows exactly how it needs to be able to be played out. And these are the things you have to begin to look at and say, wait a minute. What situation am I in? Do I need to play a role in this situation or do I not need to play a role in this situation? Do I need to be able to fix somebody else or do I not need to fix somebody else? Do I need to be able to correct everybody else's wrongs around me and maybe stand on a political stage and say, this is the way everything should live. This is the way everybody should believe. This is, this is what we all should do. Or should I just sort of leave it up to God and let it, the muddy waters sort of clear themselves? Because sometimes you have to understand every one of us are on a journey. And when all of us are on a journey, that means some things on a journey sometimes need to look ugly and bad and muddy in order for that person to begin to awaken to the journey, to understand their wrongs, their faults, their own ideas, their own understandings, their own, have their perspectives of life, to be able to how, allow God to work all that out for them to be able to be a better person, to become a better person. You don't know and you don't want to live right, for lack of better words, until you live wrong to know what's wrong and know what it feels like to be hurt and know what it feels like to be rejected and know what, it, know what pain feels like. You know, it's like saying, for example, oh, I've lived a perfect life. I was born with a silver spoon in my mouth. I've never been rejected, never been hurt. I'm perfect. I'm beautiful. I'm hot. Uh, you know, I've got this perfect mentality. So I've never been hurt by a boy or girl. Uh, you know, I've always had money. I've never known what it's like to struggle. Let me be honest with you guys. Those people, do not need to become counselors, <laughs> right? I mean, let's be real about it. You know, I mean, I mean, once again, unless God's called them and they have a compassionate heart, yes, we get all that completely. But if you're just a plain Jane person in that type of status world, which thank God no one really, really is because everyone to some degree has been hurt, then those people would not need to qualify to be a counselor because after a while, they, their attitude would be, hey, you just need to get over it. Get over that. Get over that. My gosh, you don't have enough money to buy this. I go ahead, you know, What's wrong with you? Why don't you? Well, get another job. You know what? I don't even. I mean, you see what I'm saying? Those are people who, if you haven't been touched with you know, those infirmities, remember Jesus said that. He said, and Isaiah talks about you know being touched with infirmities. If you haven't been touched with humanity's problems, you might not need to be a counselor, right, or a coach. And so God, the Bible says, God chooses us from the furnace of affliction. So muddy waters are not that bad for us in life. But we have to begin to allow God to use that muddy water theory, idea, uh, or the muddy waters in general in our lives to begin to allow it to work itself out in us. Because the Bible says, both the will and do of His good pleasure. Some things just need to work out on its own. And sometimes you just don't need to get involved, no matter what it is, who it is, or what's going on. Unless you feel, I've done this wrong, I can correct this, and you know the Holy Spirit has prompted you 
to be able to help it or fix it or correct it because always admit when you're wrong always admit you know automatically if you've done wrong ask people to forgive you forgive yourself at that but don't feel like everything in your life has got to be corrected or fixed by you because that's not true so I wanted to share this with you guys today because I believe it will help you guys to be able to distinguish and leverage out what part you play and what part you don't need to play. And look at life situations in the church and even politics. You know, sometimes we look at politics and, and in politics today, it's like, here's the Savior. We're going to elect him and all of a sudden he's going to fix the world. And that is so extremely damaging. No one can fix the world and no one can fix your problems. Nobody can do that. And that's egotistical. Any political person that says, I can fix this, I can fix this, I'm sorry, it's egotistical. And honestly, that is the anti-Christ mentality. Narcissism, it plays a huge role nowadays in politics, unfortunately. And you can't, and you've got to begin to bypass narcissism and egotism because it is very unhealthy. And, and, and when you see that, you've got to think to yourself, that's not God. And so allow things sometimes to be led by the Spirit and know what you need to do and what you don't need to do. Alright? Because this will help you out in your life. And I guarantee you, when you look into a situation and all of a sudden you're like, you know what? This is really messy. This is really messy. What do I need to do? God, tell me what I need to do. And God's like, don't do anything. Let me do it. Let me use time to clear it up. Let me use time to bring healing. Let me use time to fix this. And you just stay humble and you just stay fixed upon me and allow me to do it for you. Nothing required on your end unless I tell you. And that's the name of the game. So allow this to help you in your life today. Hey, by the way, hopefully you'll stay tuned tonight. Be a part of us on Instagram and Facebook. Don't forget that. Also, the book of the month this month is Creating a Powerful Vision Board. You guys need to go to the website identitynetwork.net and download this today because Creating a Powerful Vision Board is exactly what you guys need for 2024 and many, many, many years to come. It'll help you to navigate your goals, your visions, and the dreams that you know you want within your life to happen. And plus, it can help you to work out and work through God's will for your life. So order that today, creating a powerful vision board. And as we close today, let me just always close with this amazing phrase, because I love this phrase. And that is, if you don't like your day, I have great exciting news for you. You can change it. Here's how you do it. You change your thoughts, and it'll change your day, change your life. God bless. This has been the Thoughts Become Things podcast with Jeremy Lopez, helping you reach your highest creative potential that God has for you. For more episodes, products, and information on Jeremy, visit www.identitynetwork.net.